Hello, and welcome to Setting the Scream. I'm Ben. I'm Doug. And I'm Tristan. And it feels good to say that now that we're firmly in October and we are officially celebrating Setting the Scream. Ah, and Elijah, you skipped out on us. How how are we going to set a scream? Doug, can you set the scream for us? Oh, dude, dude, all this month, every single week, we are going to be setting up and delivering a brand new scream. Because you see, folks, I don't know if you knew this, but um, but as a uh, as a marketing tactic, this is purely for mar- marketing. Um, each week this month uh, that we do a uh, that we do a horror movie, um, we're just going to have a random scream. Uh, in the background of one of our episodes, and right. if you can find all four, if you can find all four, well, then all of the you will get a signed of, picture of Doug's face. You will you get a signed picture on your wall of my face. That's right. You can find all. It four might be signed screens. by any of us, uh, and it will not necessarily be signed by Doug, but it will yes. be a picture of Doug's face. If yes. uh, if you can find them, though, yes, and if Ben's going to hide them really well. So. Yes, all four screams. Um, but uh, but hopefully ben I remember Tristan, to actually do that. <laughs> but uh, but Ben and Tristan, you know, I think that we got started off this this month this month proper with a pretty solid horror movie. I mean, some would call it one of the greats. I'll tell you, yeah. I, I think saying pretty solid is kind of undercutting what this film has done oh, in oh, yeah. the genre of horror and really in film in general yeah it is one of the greats yeah what I is mean, that film it's well commonly considered one of if not the greatest horror films of all time uh it is 1973's 1973's the exorcist, the exorcist. Mm-hmm. uh the exorcist directed by william friedkin uh starring Max von Sydow, Ellen Burstyn, Linda Blair, Jason Miller, and a couple other people. Uh, this movie came out, like I said, in 1973, the day after Christmas. Oh, what a lovely <laughs> little horror or uh, holiday. Merry romp. Christmas. Merry Christmas. The Exorcist Christmas. is a Christmas film, I've decided. Uh, yes, Christmas yes. happened already. It's past Christmas. Um, this, uh, this movie came out in 1973, like we already said, it holds an eight out of 10 on IMDb and 83% on Rotten Tomatoes and 81% on Metacritic, a four out of five on common sense media and an 87% on Google. Wait uh, a second. You May- said four out of five stars on common sense media. Yeah. What? Like, like, like we have said multiple times, common sense media either make sense or chooses to make as little sense as possible um and i believe that they do it purely so that they can spite me um <laughs> could you explain and, why it's like that no well <laughs> no no i i have sat and pondered for days on end as to why common sense media has such a strong vendetta against me but oh, uh hold on, hold on Doug. Fear- i got you i got you uh, I'm on their website. Uh, they've got a little like about us page. Um, mm-hmm. It says that uh, we exist to spite the existence of Kermit Douglas Gunn II uh, for no particular reason. Um, we just think it's fun. Yep. Yep. There it is. Mm-hmm. There it is. So, and, and fear not, dear listeners, because this is all uh, ramping up to something uh, at, at the end end of our second year as setting the skein um on our uh, on our 100th episode we will have common sense media come on here and the two of us uh the two opposing groups will duel it out we'll duel it out to see who is the superior movie uh critic the superior movie critics okay i'll well, be there we're for not it, I guess. doing that this week this week we're talking about the exorcist Wow. Cool, Ben. Yeah. Have either that, guys so have either of you guys seen this movie before? Yes. <laughs> I have. I saw it when I was a wee lad. You you saw it this with doesn't your seem... mother, I believe is what you said. Correct, Tristan? Yes, sir. I saw it with my mother and my 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 step papa and my step bra bra, my stepbrother. Which which calls into question once again tristan how old were the you list of the list of movies 
that you have watched uh, with your parents um, and at, as such a young lad is truly astonishing because it never makes any sense to me. I was probably 11 or 12. Probably 11 or 12, yeah. Yeah, I don't know why. I mean, I don't know why they thought they should show me this film, but they were watching it and they were like, you're going to watch this? And I was like, this is going to be scary. And mom was like, yep. <laughs> and mom's and like, yep. My mom does not. correctly, young Tristan. My mom does not really watch scary movies, but I mean, I don't know why, but my memory is that she was down for this. And we literally turned out all the lights in the house to watch this movie. Like, e- like there's a light that stays on in the kitchen, just always. We turn that light off, even. Um, and, of course, of course the, you know, we still have, like, the porch light on and things like that. So it's, like, pretty dark. But, but there was a time when the power went out when we were watching this movie. <laughs> and it was... Um, it was right after the scene where her head spins, like the like at the big like, well, earlier yeah. on in her possession. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and it was like that's when it happened. Like after, like the scene after that's when it happened. So I had that image to linger on my brain as I <laughs> as I like literally held my mother, like as we went on the front porch because I couldn't be in the house alone and we were all kind of shaken. So yeah, that was my first experience watching this movie. Doug, what about you? Have you seen this movie all the way through? You know, I gotta tell you, this is one of those movies that I've tried so hard and so many times to watch and get through. And I I am happy to say that I have finally watched all of this movie. However, I don't know that I want to watch this movie again. (laughs) But, But it's not because I dislike it or anything like that. I just have one big glaring issue with it. Okay, I have a couple of big glaring issues with it. But I have one big glaring issue that, like, keeps me from wanting to watch the movie a second time. Um, and, I mean, Ben, if, if you want, we can, we can hop right into it uh, with, uh, with the first thing with the first thing to discuss with this movie, which is this movie sucks at pacing. Its pacing yes, is so awful folks this is a two hour long movie the first 30 minutes has nothing to do with the rest of the movie i mean granted it's it's some somewhat uh exposition but let me go on and tell you every single person that we see in the first 30 minutes we will see later on but we will see them uh but we will see them in ways that does not connect to this beginning does not connect to this opening it's it's purely there for setup that has no payoff yeah. and I despise it. It's not fully clear. At least I don't, I don't think it was like, I mean, I guess it's alluded to that because they unearthed this demon thing. That's why it happened. Like that's why the, the demon came out of the ground and possessed this girl. But I mean, I don't know. It's like a lot of the stuff that happens at the beginning yeah, it's not even really important for the rest of the story. You don't have to watch it. You learn about these characters later. Say, so I'm not even sure that I buy that that's how she got possessed. I mean, uh, like the devil's the a tricky son of a gun, and then just happened to be in. The, I th- I thought it had to do with the Ouija board. Oh yeah, so, I guess. But so I, but she was already kind of she already had Mister Howdy. She already had. Because she had already been there. using the Ouija board. So that's what called the spirit was the Ouija board. I mean, that's the way I took it. What about this expedition at the beginning? Then I don't know. <laughs> so, so there's a there's a documentary. Um, it's a short documentary series called uh, Cursed Films, um, and uh, one of the movies that they cover on that is The Exorcist. And uh, some people who had worked on the movie were, were talking about how the opening seemingly doesn't connect with the rest of the film. Um, and what they kind of discussed is the fact that uh, because you're looking at these ancient ruins and because you're looking at this, this excavation, it kind, of, it kind of gives you the sense that like, this is not a new evil. This is a centuries old, millennia old 
evil that was just unearthed. So it's not necessarily that that's definitively where the demon came from, or that's definitively like why Reagan gets possessed. It's just sort of to show that this is not something new. This is something that's been around for, for hundreds of hundreds of years. Mm -hmm. So I looked up on Wikipedia. Apparently the answer is both. Okay. Yeah. It was the expedition and also her using the Ouija board. Because uh, yeah, I mean, it's saying that the spirit uh, what was the one that she referred to as Captain Howdy. Uh, but the dig that Father Marin is doing at the beginning uh, unearths the demon. So I guess that's I, how he's able to take like full possession. I guess it jumps into a suitcase and he takes it back home. I don't know. Well, uh, the little snippet I was reading said like the little head thing uh, mysteriously appeared well it like mysteriously appeared there in her room so i think it uh like after it got unearthed since it already had that connection with uh linda blair's character um the demon was able to take full possession of her okay i think that that's how i read that hmm but, seems yeah. like a loose connection but whatever well <laughs> Seems whatever like movie pacing <laughs> well i mean that's just that's a plot thing that that's not about pacing it's not that's just... explicitly said what happens it yeah i think it's i mean it's a movie about demon possession i i think they're <laughs> they're just kind of saying just go with it that doesn't matter though <laughs> there are lots of movies where it's about crazy things Star Wars makes sense, but it's about laser swords in space. Like, okay. Anyway, is this movie cursed? Well, um, well, uh, that's that's a great question, Tristan. Um, if you ask anyone who worked on this film, no. If you ask a number of other people, uh, maybe, maybe. Um, they're there's been this argument for decades since this movie came out that that this is a cursed movie um and there, there are a couple things that they point to um as their reasoning for why they believe it to be a cursed movie okay um they they point to the fact that i believe linda blair's grandmother or grandfather um one of her older relatives uh died unexpectedly during during the shooting of this film um there were there were multiple injuries on set uh linda blair and ellen burston ellen burston especially was permanently injured um during this film uh, when the film came out uh people would be passing out in in screenings they would be uh having seizures um and what have you uh there were multiple trailers that were banned because they were seizure inducing um and i think i think the thing that a lot of people point to are really two things one is the fact that about halfway through production a fire started in their set and every single set was burned except for reagan's bedroom mm. except for the set of her bedroom mm. um that's one of the main things that people point to and so there then were also several injuries on set uh, including both linda blair who played reagan and then ellen burston who played reagan's mother uh, both had long-term yeah. back injuries yeah well yeah i get i get why linda blair would have back injuries she's flailing it around like a like a noodle so you know that scene, you know that shot where uh, Reagan slaps her mom and her mom goes flying across the room? Yeah. Okay, so they tied a harness onto Ellen Burstyn. Oh, um, and Yeah. Yeah, and when they slapped it, the director said, pull it as hard as you can. Oh, no. Um, and they dislocated a vertebrae. Man, they were really, like, fast and oh, loose yeah. back then with some of those stunts. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's a... Uh, <laughs> This this director, oh Billy Friedkin, um, I, I've got I've got thoughts and opinions on this dude. Yeah, apparently um, there was also an actor who played a nurse in the film that killed a reporter before the film was released. Oh yeah, I think yeah, it's I think it's the same actor. He was quick to confess the crime, but couldn't provide police a motive for why he did it. 
So yeah, guys, I can just tell you, like, first of all, let me just reiterate. I don't know why my mom wanted me to see this movie or let me see it rather, but I have an idea that she let me see it to give me like to show me like what evil looks like Mm -hmm. because my mom has like this very like you know you you should you should do this thing to see how bad it is so you won't do it like that's kind of like one of her viewpoints on things you know like Mm -hmm. like there's no there's not there's no better teacher than like failure or like um you know um to try the thing that hurts you. Um, of course, she won't let me like chop my finger off and like learn it that way, but that kind of thing. So I guess I that's like, that. I guess that's why, but, but I mean, I don't know how you, I don't know if you guys saw this when you were younger at all. Um, Did not. Nope. I don't mean like a kid, but maybe like, I don't know, but my mom and my stepdad too, both, um, but like both, like raised me to believe that Ouija boards are like literally from Satan. Like if oh, yeah. like, I don't know how about you guys, but like, if you use one, that means you're calling a demon into your home and it's, and it's going to like haunt you like, and it's evil. So like stay away from like, that's how I was raised. Mm-hmm. And then like, I grew up and I remember when I was younger, I saw one in Walmart for sale and I was like, what? the hell can this just be on the shelf in a walmart i'm like this is the devil's work why is it in walmart <laughs> you know yeah. um yeah so i i am like i was also raised like to believe that like this is a thing that can happen to people and like you know this is like i don't know i mean i don't know but like it was just very much like here is a bad thing. See it, learn about it, and understand it for your life. So, so that is one thing that this movie is constantly uh, talked about is its sort of connection with the church and specifically the Catholic Church, yeah. um, because they uh, they consulted with uh, members of the Catholic Church um, for a. Uh, for a very long time, like while making this movie, there was a whole thing about Pope Paul the, I think seventh. Um, one of the priests like, was real, a real priest. I forget which one. Like the yeah, movie? yeah. Um, but like the Pope, like even spoke about uh, this film's like depiction of evil and things of that nature. Um, uh, but one of the things that like uh, Catholic priests had against the film like coming out coming out after the fact is that it kind of like trivialized like demonic possession and things like that um and made people have sort of a a misunderstanding of like how like uh possession works and things of that nature Mm -hmm. um yeah this this movie obviously got a lot of liberties it, it took some liberties, but it also got a lot of responses from various figures uh, in in the Catholic Church and just kind of in the church uh, as a whole. Uh, this is my favorite thing on earth. Uh, Billy Graham, uh, who is not Catholic, uh, but did have some words to say on this film, uh, was quoted as saying that was quoted as saying that this film uh, is one in which the devil is in every frame of it. Wow. Um, I don't know about uh, that one, which, Billy. To which William Friedkin said, now how he examined every frame, I don't know, but he's entitled to his opinion. Um, it's, uh, yeah, it's it's interesting. It's very interesting, the, the sort of reception that this movie has with the public um, and with its status of being quote-unquote cursed. Yeah. Um, I'm, it makes what, me go ahead, go ahead. Well, well i was just gonna say what is interesting is that the pr director for this uh film and for the studio like came out years later and was like yeah you know i may have like uh i may have like uh sort of stretched the truth on some things to make people get a little more scared of this movie uh 
make people fear it a little bit more. That way it would bring in a bigger crowd. Um, Cause let's be honest, that works. Yeah. Especially when you're marketing a horror movie, uh, fear works. Fear is a very good tactic. I mean, it makes me think about, you know, you mentioned people seeing this movie and they're sitting in a theater, like convulsing or like vomiting and, you know, just writhing. It's like, man, were they like for real? Like they were for real having like a thing happen to their brain where it was causing a seizure or were they like just really disgusted? Like what was happening for them to do that? Like what, like when do you hear about that happening in any other film where people are like vomiting? Like surely it was like one or two cases, right? How, you know, that's just, that's wild. But, you know, what's interesting is the fact that in spite of this movie's uh, sort of rep- reputation as being this this cursed film, this film to be feared and be avoided, um, it actually has got great critical reception. Like, yeah, Roger Ebert, Roger Ebert gave it four stars, and I believe, um, uh, I mean, he gave it a thumbs up, but I believe uh, four stars is the highest uh, you can get with Roger Ebert. Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean... It's it's one of those few horror movies that snagged a couple Oscars, um, won the Academy Award for Best Writing uh, for Adapted Screenplay and won the Academy Award for Best Sound Mixing, um, which, I mean, think what you want to about those two Oscars, but not a lot of horror films win Oscars. Yeah, yeah it um, was the same writer for the book and the movie, I believe. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, it's... a uh, it's it's very it's very interesting uh looking at this film um because it does have like incredible critical reception and you know i think like the only other horror movies that come to mind as horror movies that have won oscars like uh silence of the lambs uh or is it silence of the lamb um get out one for best of that for best original screenplay um and Misery won Best Actress for Kathy Bates. Um, and and that's really all I can think about. I'm probably missing some uh, listeners, if uh, if you <laughs> remember ones that I'm missing. Uh, go on and tell me. But like even horror films, they're, yeah, even horror movies that are released today that have got amazing critical reception, like Hereditary didn't get a thing. Tony Collette got no recognition for her role in Hereditary. Midsommar midsummer got nothing um from the academy um or from those big uh those big film circles uh and and the exorcist stands out as a film a capital f film um i think some people would put parasite in that that category it wasn't yeah it was more of a thriller it wasn't yeah i i parasite's not a horror film but I, but I think people, I think a lot of people would though. I mean, it, it, it rides the line, it toes the line. Yeah. It's an unusual film to, you know, win as much as it did. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, you know, this, this movie both really divided people and was really celebrated by people. Um, and I think one of the, one of the biggest attributing factors to that is the acting. Yeah. Cause this, I, cause this movie has got acting for days. Yes. And I think everyone, pretty much everyone put on a pretty good performance. Oh, yeah. Like I was, I was impressed by like Ellen Burstyn had some really good monologues um, or even just scenes with her, you know, being really upset and passioned. Mm-hmm. Um and the other guy, I don't remember his name, but the, the like, guy, the pat, the priest who lost his faith, and like, um, you know, dark haired, the other, the younger guy, Jason Miller, yeah, uh, Damien, yeah, yeah, he was really good too, I think. Uh, and uh, and I know the the one that Ben really really is eager to celebrate is our boy Max von Sydow. Yep. Or Sido, Sido. I've always said Sido. Um, I don't know. Cool. But, uh, honestly, he's just one of my favorite actors. Um, 
he's just incredible. And the scene that really got it for me, I mean, was obviously the exorcism. Um, it's kind of the whole point of the movie. But um, like the command with which he spoke his lines was just like bone chilling. Like watching him, it's incredible. And then Linda Blair. Oh, Linda Blair. Like we've talked what about child acting on this podcast before, but Linda Blair. Yeah, she's pretty like, good. She's amazing. She's so incredible in this role. Um, I mean, she is. How, how do you convey to a to a child like, all right, now? I need you to act as though you are being possessed by a demon. Um, it it hurts more than anything you've ever uh, felt in your entire life. Um, and I need you to be like easily the most terrifying thing on earth. Yeah. Uh, can can you do that for me? And girl just knocks it out the park. I mean, how did you? I don't think you can. Like, there wasn't a thing before this movie. That, that you could reference where it's like, okay, I need you to be like this thing or like this possessed thing or whatever, you know? And it's so like, I will say a lot of what helped her performance uh, was Mercedes McCambridge who voiced the demon um, that just made it so believable. Yeah. Uh, like and I was reading uh, a little bit uh, about how she was able to get that voice. Um, and like she pushed herself a lot. Like she smoked a lot drank a lot of whiskey uh there was one other thing that she did that uh, i can't remember off the top of my head but it was a heavy commitment to the part i believe that oh. was also the um i believe that's also the actress who uh, who anytime there was like something graphic that reagan was doing um like the the same with the crucifix mm-hmm. um if you've seen the movie, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, uh, but I believe that, like, she did that. She was the physical actor for those scenes. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's 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 truly a haunting performance to yes. to watch. It's truly a terrifying performance to watch and to observe. And like it, it's one that actually does leave you uneasy as you as you leave the film. Mm-hmm. Apparently she originally wasn't credited for her voice work. Hmm. But then she appealed to the Screen Actors Guild and got that rectified. As she should. Right. Yeah. 70s was a weird time, man. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So um, kind of coming back around to the pacing a little bit, because um, we got off of it before we talked about what I wanted to talk about. Uh, Doug, I know that you and I were the ones in particular that had the issues with the pacing. I know Tristan didn't uh, care as much uh, that it was a little slow. Uh, Before we get to why Tristan was okay with that, Doug, do you feel like the ending of this movie justifies the buildup that we have at the beginning of it? I I don't know. Uh, I said this before we started recording. Uh, My my opinion of this movie is that it's a really great 45-minute a short special whatever you want to call it wrapped inside a two-hour-long movie um so i do think that it does justify it only because the ending is the reason why this movie is as important as it is um like i think that's i think that's why so few people like talk about the beginning of this movie um specifically uh is because you're you're here to see reagan you're here to see the actual exorcism yeah i mean in a movie uh, about exorcism no one's like hey do you remember that dig that that dude went on at the beginning of this movie like wasn't that just like so cool like no nobody, nobody wants to talk about that um for me, uh, the ending definitely helps. Um, and if I'd paid a little bit more attention, I probably would have been a little bit more interested into it. And in it, but uh, I said this earlier, and I'll say it again. Um, well, I said it before we started recording. If I wasn't watching for this, watching this for the podcast, I probably would have cut it off. Um, it was just moving really slow, and the scenes felt really 
kind of disjointed um like as it hopped from scene to scene uh before all the stories like interwove together um uh, I, don't, I don't know yeah. yeah yeah i think i think that's my biggest issue with it is it's not that it feels slow it feels aimless mm-hmm. it feels like the movie doesn't know what it's trying to do so it's just kind of perusing through all these different scenes and these setups um but i am genuinely curious uh i am genuinely curious what you think the pacing does for the movie uh tristan like what what would you say you really get out of it well um yeah you guys are right it it, you know it's not it's it's not great but for me i think it to, to me it amplifies the elements of horror in a way that's unusual for some of some horror movies um in that you know you'll see something that have the beginning aside like the first 30 minutes yeah i agree the the pacing is off it there's a lot that happens when we talked about it that doesn't it doesn't really matter um but you know let's let's talk about an hour into the movie you know where she's possessed they're dealing with it um particularly the scenes where the doctors are coming in, you know, like before the priests really get involved. Um, that that kind of stuff is like something will happen to her. And it's like horrifying, like when she came down the stairs backwards, you know, and blood came out of her mouth. And then it cut to like a talking scene after that. You know, I think that's what that's what I think of when you guys talk about the pacing is weird because like something big will happen like that. And it's like that's that's awful. And then it'll cut to like a conversation between two people, which is like a, a more quiet scene. Um, and I like that because it, it, it lets you sit, first of all, it lets you sit with what you just saw. It doesn't move on to the next crazy thing that's happening. So you have to like, wow, that just happened. Okay. Let's try to move on. So you come back to a place of, of, you know, relative ease where you're listening to people talk you're still nervous because you're not going to know what's you don't know what's going to happen next with Reagan, but you know, it's probably going to be something even worse than before. Um, but it lets you sit with that. And it also, um, it also explores the characters a little more, which is interesting to me. Um, not every horror movie does that explores the, the at least the, the, um, the priest, I, I can't remember his name. You said it earlier, um, Damien. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Yes. You know, it really goes into him, like, and what he's going through. I think that's really interesting. And uh, I, I think I think you have some of that stuff you have to learn about him takes a while um, because to just show his struggle and what he's going through. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, it just provides a pretty good a pretty good break from the crazy stuff that happens. I think that's that's why I like it um it's not it's not great there is issues but that's why i like the little skipping around bits yeah i think i think that's fair yeah i think that's very fair yeah um so I, I will say another part of what does it uh from like helps kind of justify that for me like is the ending of this film um yeah i've never seen this film so i did not know how this film ended um I was able to guess that, yeah, somehow the exorcism would work and the girl would not be possessed anymore. I didn't know exactly how it happened. And it didn't happen how I expected it to happen. Yeah, I mean, Um, you know. I I was fully expecting Father Marin to, you know, not die. (laughs) Well, you know, I I think it's crazy because, you know, it does kind of subvert that expectation because mm-hmm. for all intents and purposes, the exorcism doesn't work. Right. Like it, like it, it doesn't. I'd say it kind of sets up the exorcist, like the exorcism itself is this deus ex machina. And then it doesn't work. Like you've got this guy and uh, father Marin, who's supposed to be able to do this thing. And well, then he has a heart attack and dies. Yeah. <laughs> so you've got Damien who's just like, uh, crap uh demon get in me and then he takes care of it and finishes up he takes care of it all right (laughs) yeah which uh, it's 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 interesting that's how you get rid of the demon because it seems like it would just leave you and possess someone else 
Yeah. If, it, if, if you're clearly about to kill yourself and, you know, like, I don't know, I guess, you know, don't think about it too hard. It's a ghost, basically. You can do whatever it wants, but so you know, I, know I guess it was done. Is the steam, like the specific demon does come back. Okay. Um, and haunt Reagan some more. Um, I sure. don't know exactly how or the circumstances surrounding that. Um, but this is not the last that we see of this demon. Yeah. Oh, I by think... the way, there's also what two sequels to this? And yeah. A few other spinoffs that why? Yeah, I have no idea. Um the there are two more theatrical sequels uh, that came out from this series. Um, one is Exorcist Two: The Heretic, which actually doesn't focus on this demon. It focuses on another one. Uh, James Earl Jones is in it, um, which is see the demon. Real, uh, kind of. Oh, he's 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 the embodiment of it. There's this whole thing with like Locust. It's not good. It's really not. I saw, I saw this guy. Um, like a- 3.8 out of 10 on imdb wow yeah it's it's not good it's the only one of the sequels i've seen which again uh-huh. i even acknowledge the fact that it's weird that i saw the sequel to this movie before i saw this movie i tried i really tried to watch this movie multiple wait, wait, times. wait a it's... second <laughs> what how does father Marin come back uh so it says he's in the second one i don't remember him being in the second one look this up I do I not remember him know. being in the second one. Uh, was it like a flashback? That. I don't remember. It's been a minute since I saw the second one. Uh, the third one, though, to my understanding, is kind of regarded as like a pretty good sequel. Sequel, like I've heard, it's like one of the better horror movie sequels. Um, I know it's got one scene in it that's like regarded as one of the scariest scenes in horror, and I've seen the scene, and on its own, it even like stands out as like a really good scene. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is a uh, completely no. unrelated. Um, but sure. I was on um, Lancaster Marin's Wikipedia page. I just thought this was interesting. In the BBC radio adaptation of The Exorcist, Ian McDermott voices um, Father Marin, which I think is really hmm. interesting. Uh, Ian McDermott, famous for uh, playing uh, Emperor Palpatine in the Star Wars series. So, yeah. anyway. Yeah. Do you think when he was uh do you think when he was saying the power of Christ compels you? Uh he was he was also saying, like, you know, come on, get out of her. Do it. Do it. <laughs> anyway, uh reading further on to this uh Wikipedia page, it looks like uh he does appear in the sequel, uh Max von Sydow, um in extended flashbacks detailing an exorcism he performed um at another time yeah yeah interesting apparently the studio wanted marlon brando for that role and william friedkin said no he said it would become a marlon brando film yeah interesting and then stone's scarsgard gets to play him at a later date oh all right yeah yeah it's it's quite the little movie that's got Mm -hmm. quite quite a uh quite reputation and it does yeah how do you feel about uh, the special effects in this because yeah that's that's what i was about to that's what i was about to talk about because for those of you who don't know i don't think i said at the top of this uh episode but this movie was only made for 11 million dollars which I mean today is like nothing, but even back then it's not a lot of money. Um, it's really not a lot of money, and this movie turned a massive profit, uh, four hundred over four hundred million dollars at the box office. Um, and I think that they have got some of the smartest special effects ever that I've seen in a movie. Like I just think the coolest one to me is the fact that um reagan's bedroom first of all they built it as its own set um and they built it in a refrigerator like a giant refrigerator that's why whenever people walk in you see their breath that's how they were able to get that cold they literally built it inside of a refrigerator wow um and i just think that's insane um you know the uh the 
the vomit being pea soup, uh, which I'm pretty sure has become like a staple of any possession horror movie ever since then. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's crazy. I I love the fact that occasionally they'll put a shot of the of the demon just over a shot of Reagan, but in a way that like they kind of bleed together. I I think it's I think it's great looking at movies like movies like this um, that are made for so little of a budget but get so smart with their with their effects and with their uh, with the ways that they're actually able to stretch this medium of film to their benefit. Yeah, I mean it's incredibly well done, despite the shady stuff by the director. Oh yeah, okay, hold on, I'm gonna talk about that for just a second. Okay. William Freakin, you can go down a hole, buddy. Um, because even even the actors in that documentary that I was talking about, um, Curse Films, uh, like they all said they were like they're like we knew when we got on the when we got on set, like we were in for it because this guy would just come on. And you know what he was going to do, but he was going to get whatever shot he wanted to get out of you. So like, so like whenever Ellen Burstyn is like suddenly has like a jump or like a jolt and she looks suddenly frightened, um, William Friedkin would just fire a gun off behind her uh, to get that jolt without telling her. Um, Wow. He, uh, he would tell people like when when reagan's convulsing in the bed and she was attached to a harness like she would tell the people like really like pull her as hard as you can like make it as make it as big of a push as you as you have to um he wouldn't let reagan he wouldn't let linda blair like leave her the set of her bedroom so like she was just chilling in a, a massive refrigerator for days she got incredibly sick um William Freakin, you suck. Hold on, let me see if he's still alive. <laughs> I think he is. I think he is too. He is. Yeah, William Freakin, you still suck. I know you're listening, and you suck. Oh, Billy, I know. I know that you're. I know that you're listening, and I don't care that you've got multiple Oscars to your name. <laughs> yeah. I All mean, righty. The Exorcist, fellas. That's it. That's that's the next sequel to this movie, The Exorcist, fellas. The Exorcist, fellas. Uh, an old an old group of high school chums all get together and get and get possessed. And, yeah, yeah. There it is. There it is. Just for fun, just to see what yeah. it's like, just to it's, relive it's, out their glory days. It's like a drug. Just get possessed, folks. Just check it out. Well, we here at Saying the Skein do not endorse uh, recreational possession. Unless you were going to be singing Tommy Two-Tone while doing it. Yeah. Anyway, there on it that note, there I think is. it's time we score the sucker. Let's do it. So, Doug, do you want to get us started? Yeah, I got you. Um, okay, so this is this is one of the greats. I get it. I respect it didn't love it as much as i thought i would um Mm. and it it really a lot of it is that beginning and then another part of it is that william freakin is a jerk um i'm gonna give this movie a 68 i'm gonna give it a 68 i acknowledge the fact that it is a classic it's a cultural touchstone i just I, I can't overlook my issues that I have with the movie. Well, all righty, Tristan. Yeah, I'll go. I, um, you know, I I think that it deserves a little higher score. <laughs> um, you know, I enjoyed it, and it's one of those movies that I think I'm going to score fairly high. But I also, you know, this is this is one of those like once a decade movies for me you know once a decade <laughs> I, I did i missed it last decade actually Apparently not. when you were 11 
know. I saw it. What? I was 11 in 19, or I was 11 in uh, 2007. So, yeah, so if you, yeah, but you just have to have 2007 your personal decade. decade. Yeah, you can sign up the decades however you want to. If it's if it's your personal decade, I mean, oh boys, I'm talking about 2010, 2020, baby. <laughs> anyway, we're just saying we're just look, saying we're trying. Look, we're just trying to help you, man. Look, I'm just letting you know once decade kind of thing here, right? Not that often. I'm giving this, but despite that, I'm giving this an 84. Um. You know, I thought I thought it was good in acting, and you know, I'm not. All you guys know, I'm not a huge horror fan. Um, but this movie, this you know, for the spots that were horror, um, the rest of it felt like it was just. It felt, it felt like it was real. Like they could have happened. Like the rest of it, like with the doctors' visits and like the conversations and everything. It's like especially the tests that were that was happening. Like I just really liked that part a lot, and I thought it felt like um, thought it brought a lot of realism to the story for something that's so out there as this. Um, I appreciated that, and just of course to do the acting, it's really good. All right. Uh, well, I'm going to be up a little closer to Tristan. I'm going to give this film an 80. Uh, that's the number that's kind of been stuck in my head. Um, I think this film's really good. Um, I think it's a little long uh, and a little boring in some parts. True. Um, but overall, I think it's definitely a movie that's worth seeing if you're into horror films and you've never seen it. Uh, if you're not into horror films and they terrify you and you don't enjoy that feeling, go and watch this. Because but it's truth- kind of a terrifying film. Tr- truthfully, as far as horror films go, like... I think this is a good one. It's a, it's a good one. My, my point is, though... It's like when I when I think of horror films, and this is coming from someone that you know is scared pretty easily when it comes to stuff. The jump scares is what really gets me, and this movie probably has less jump scares than most. But it's just the stuff that you see, regardless. Like the, like it it just it there it builds up quickly. Like when you hear her screaming from her room or something like that, you're like, oh no, something bad is happening. And like, you're like, I'm about to see something awful. And, and then you do. <laughs> and it's awful. And you're like, man, that sucked. And, but, you know, compare it to something with like a lot of jump scares or something that just comes out of nowhere. You're like, oh man, that scared me. You know, this is more like a dreading kind of fear. Um, and, and if you, you know, were raised like us or you're like religious or something and like this is the kind of thing that would scare you then yeah it probably would really freak you out but if you're not and you don't believe in this kind of stuff or like even something close to it um then i don't know i feel like maybe it wouldn't scare you as much or maybe you're just not as phased by it i don't know i think i think there's a lot of content in this movie that isn't specifically uh meant for or like meant to just be pure horror a lot of it's just you know dramatic acting all right cool well after plugging all of our scores into our patented (laughs) scoreometer we have a final score of a 77.3 repeating so generally pretty solid film that works i mean you know we we got it the same year that star wars released yeah. No, we didn't. Oh, oh, yeah, uh, I mean, score is yeah. <laughs> the score is the year Star Wars. Were, what does that mean were, for you, so, Doug? You know, I don't know. It means I mean, that I if think, you're listening to this, you should go watch Star Wars Visions. I think. Yeah. I think you know we we all agree that Star Wars is a pretty solid movie, and you know I think we can also agree that this is a pretty solid movie. Yeah, yeah. That's the what that's what they got in common. Our, you know, our admiration. Both both have their issues. Both have their issues. It's true. That's a good point, Doug. Star Wars and Exorcist, not really that far apart. No, Star hey. Wars and Exorcist, they're both movies. Well, they're now actually what else is really... a movie. The movie Hold that on, we're wait, watching wait. next week. That's so okay, true, Ben. Yes, yes, that's so true. But I Are you going to kill the segue, like, segue, Doug? I am. I am. Because Star Wars and The Exorcist actually are very closely related because Max von Sydow is a part of both universes. Now, wow, that's here's it. the thing, folks. Here's the thing. You know, we're watching host next week. <sighs> yeah. Oh, yeah. How's it feel, week? Doug? How's it feel? 
okay, fine, fine, Dang, whatever, Ben. Why don't you whatever. just roast him over an open fire? I will. Ironically, anyway, um, that's a part of host. Um, oh, spoilers. Um, is. But yeah, this uh, movie was filmed over Zoom, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Y'all, uh, next week we're watching uh, the 2020 movie Host. It's a tight 50-minute movie. Um, it was all filmed over Zoom. And I'm the only one of the guys who's seen it. Shocker. He really wanted us to do it. He did. I really did. Because I, I really think they're going to like it. I will say I I'm really very intrigued. Like it. Um, but yeah, we'll see how it goes. Uh, be like sure Zoom, to... Zoom signed off on the movie. Hmm. Sure wow. Uh, well, I'm sure it'll be a great time. Be sure to join us next week for that. Um, and in the meantime, follow us on social media at Vider Media to keep up with all the cool stuff we're doing. We've got new episodes of Setting the Screen every Wednesday at 8 or every Wednesday. Uh, any tea, Doug? Um, actually, uh, you might be getting tea as early as the end of October. Ooh, fun. You, you might be getting some tea by the end of October. What dog? I oh. think next week I'll have more information. Right. Um, but yeah, I think, I think tea might be coming back end of October. Oh, hot dang. I love me some tea. Mm. Oh, yeah. Thank you all for joining. Until next week, I'm Ben. I'm Doug. And I'm Tristan. And this has been Setting the Screen. You have a great week.